Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I am here today with Anthony Garcia. Let me tell you a little bit about Anthony, and then we'll dig into the interview. Anthony is an expert in sales training, recruiting, goal achievement, and motivating salespeople to peak performance. As an 18-year veteran of sales and sales leadership, Anthony has achieved top accolades in direct sales, business-to-business sales, and medical sales. He is the author of the international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, which has been endorsed by Selling Power Magazine as one of the best sales books to read in 2021. Anthony is a keynote speaker who has shared the stage with Les Brown and Jack Canfield. Oh, we're going to talk because I just... mm. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Anthony is a highly sought after speaker, passionate about unlocking the high performer lying dormant in every sales professional. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Jenny, thank you for having me. I'm incredibly humbled and excited to be here with your audience. Oh, yay. Well, the BDSM crew loves hearing from sales professionals because they all want to learn how to tweak and get better. And I apologize for my cat making an appearance in our video. Oh. I love it. It wouldn't be a BDSM <laughs> show without a cat, so it has to be there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so anyway, so I, let's get started. Let's talk about this. How did you get into a sales career and now in the position where you're teaching others to improve their sales process? So, you know, I, I have a full direct sales background. So I've have always been into sales. I mean, I think the very first thing I started selling, I was like eight years old, selling pogs and video games. I had always was trying to sell something and uh, got into high school and was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? And, you know, career counselors, all these questions. And I'm like, I want to be a lawyer because I, you know, I essentially what it was, was I had to sell my position or sell my belief. And so I was like, that's, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to go. So, um, Got into college, was like, okay, I'm gonna be a lawyer. And then I was introduced to broadcast journalism. And someone's like, You have a great voice for radio. And so I was like, Oh, you know what? I started doing radio in college and, and that was fun. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in that direction. Um, I didn't know what I like, it wasn't really clear. Like, hey, where are you gonna go? What are you gonna do? I had a communications undergraduate degree, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just see what my options are here when I graduate. Uh, middle of college, somebody handed me a flyer for a, a sales opportunity. Um, and the, you know, it's a summer job. I played college football the previous summer. I was a janitor in uh, my church and, uh, kudos to janitors. I did it. And it was something I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this moving forward. It was a sales opportunity. So I took this flyer, went and started selling cut co cutlery. Mm. And that's where I started my sales train, my sales background. This is nearly 19 years ago now where I was uh, completely immersed. I spent six years selling Cutco. I finished up selling Cutco with college, spent several years after I graduated college selling Cutco, managing a sales team. So when I tell people like, 
I like cut my teeth in direct sales. I really did. Yeah. Then took it on and gone into business to business, medical sales into all the way now where I'm consulting and coaching at my own organization now. That is awesome. And so through that whole process, you've obviously, I mean, and Ketco has an amazing training, you know, I have seen a number of people come through there and they are just rock stars, no matter where they end up, whether they continue with Cutco or anywhere else. So I think that's absolutely phenomenal. So as you've been going through and doing all this, you've written a book. Yes, ma'am. Tell us about the book. Commissions. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So the book is catapulting commissions, achieving your next sales goal or achieve your next sales goal. And the concept and the premise of the book is this. There's a lot of sales trainers, sales coaches, sales methodologies out there. But what I really wanted to create with the book was a book that said, okay, I'm going to walk you through how to achieve the very next sales goal, the most challenging sales goal or goal you've never hit before. We're going to go after this goal, but it's it's geared for a sales professional. So some have been like, this is a great goal setting book, but it's not truly goal setting. It's truly for salespeople because I too walk through some strategic um, decisions to make as far as how to reverse engineer your goal, reverse engineer your activity. Uh, but I do spend some time discussing why I think smart goals are dumb for when you want to have a good goal. <laughs> I really do. Like if you want to have a goal, you're going to hit the smart goal algorithm is the worst. It's the, it's, it's one of the dumbest things that exists and it doesn't apply for big goals. So I, I wrote the concept. I wrote the book with the idea of I'm going to teach someone how to achieve something in sales they'd never done before. And I did it after I achieved something that I had never achieved before. And it was a milestone in my personal income at the time was, okay, how can I cross a half a million dollars in income from my sales? And I, you know, everything, you know, I, I remember like my first hundred thousand dollar year uh, and, and the numbers kept getting higher and higher. And I'm like, okay, how can I cross this? And at that point in time, and I, and I say this with full transparency at that point in time, you know, my highest income year was like 220, 230. I'm like, I'm going to go for my personal income to be over $500,000 for the year. Mm. How can I make this happen? And so I looked at everything that I was doing at the sales, at the company I was working with, at the sales job I was in. I was like, okay. And I knew I had the opportunity to do it within this company. And I reverse engineered it. And I'm like, I'm going to go for this. Come hell or high water. I'm going to get there. And if I miss and I finish at 480, I'm still going to be happy. But the goal <laughs> is 500. <laughs> and so when I achieve that, I look back at what I did. And that's what I wrote in the book. Ah, oh, I love it. So now any of you who are thinking about this, you definitely want to go check out Anthony's book. So we'll put the link in the show notes. BDSM crew, you guys know how this goes. Grab your phone as long as you're not driving. <laughs> Click on the episode, scroll up, and you'll see the show notes, and we'll have a link to the book uh, there for you. So Anthony's provided us a link for that. So, so as you've been going through and working with this, tell us some of the uh, successes you've had with your clients, and what what's your like what's your favorite success story with a coaching client where you've worked them through a sales conversation. Yeah. So I, I have a client that um, that came and started working with me, really entry level sales. And she worked in corporate sales. And I can't disclose the name of the company, but we'll say she worked sure. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a corporate B2B sales role. As she worked in a corporate B2B sales role, she was an associate level ready to promote. So she had put in some of the work and wanted to get to the promotion to the next step to be a full line uh, sales rep for her organization. So she reached out to me right when she was getting ready to promote. And I said, okay, let's, let's talk about what you want to accomplish. And so same thing. 
And at the time, her income as an associate was between 45 and 55 grand. I'm like, okay, well, where do you want to go? She's like, I want to make 300 grand in the year. I'm like, okay, let's reverse engineer it. So we sat down, we reverse engineered it. We spent a lot of time talking about it. And the entire time it was like, there was pure raw motivation, zero fear from her. It was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I said, okay, great. I think that's going to be awesome. But that's exciting for the first month. Yep. It's not exciting month two. It's not month six. If you're kicked in the face, like this is not going to be fun and exciting. You're motivated because you and I are talking, we're engaging. And then I tell people, I'm like, I I will do a really good job of making you feel um, motivated. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't be with you all the time. I'm not going to be with you in the field. I'm not going to be with you on every sales call. So there's going to be times you're going to be alone, thoughts on your own. So we had this long concept on what was the worst case scenario for her? Like, what's the worst possible thing? And we started forecasting. How are you going to feel month two? How would you feel month three? How would you feel month four? And we went through this entire process and we kept accountability checking throughout her journey, throughout her journey, throughout her journey. And when she finished, she finished number two in her company. She crossed the 300,000 little, I mean, she was, she was closer to the four than she was to the three. So it was, it was exceptional growth. And at the end, she was like, this was all to you. I'm like, no, this is all you hundred percent. It was just really the framework. And I literally, the steps she did to excel in that industry were the exact same steps I had did when I went and I shared, I literally pulled out. I remember pulling out commission statements and W2s and showing her, I'm like, I'm, I want you to see what was possible, what has happened. And this is a transformation of mind, but it's also recognizing there's adversity coming. There's, 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 we're forecasting how we're feeling three months, six months, nine months down. And I think that was one of the caveats that helped her be successful was we had that conversation. What's going to impact you three months down the road, six months down the road and so forth. That's awesome. So do you continue then working with her uh, through the entire process. I, I think you mentioned that you did, um, that there were, was it just accountability check-ins or is there coaching consulting along the way? Yeah. So at this time there was co- coaching consulting along the way. Um, I truly was in, in engulfed in her business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my bandwidth now, I don't, I don't have many clients that I can do that for at, right. at this time, right? You busier you get, the less time you have. But this was somebody I was, I, I remember telling him like, hey, dude, you are going to be my guinea pig. Like we're going to, I'm going to show you that this algorithm works. And I say my guinea pig, she was one of my very first early clients. Yeah. And I gave her everything I knew. Like I didn't hold anything back. She got, she has gone on to be incredibly successful at the company she has, she has worked in. She excelled uh, so much. So she excelled. She got moved into a, or got recruited to a higher end company. And her at plan number, just bare minimum, she got hired again as an associate, but her associate income's over a quarter million dollars just to learn the industry that she's in, which is a really high tech, complex medical industry. Mm-hmm. But her at plan number is close to half a million dollars. And I, I laughed at her. I'm like, a few years ago, I mean, your at plan number is, I mean, if we go back to how we started this conversation four years ago, I mean, I need to write a new book for you. I mean, 6,300 million. I mean, you're just continuously growing. So, um, that relationship was truly constant weekly check-in week, weekly dialogue. We were, we were in, in it together. I felt like I was working with her like for her, but it was fun. Yeah. That that's an awesome story to hear. So, so in that you've brought up on a couple of occasions, the reverse engineering. Now, obviously I don't want you to give away the whole farm, but what are some basic either mindset shifts around the reverse engineering, uh, process 
or maybe a first couple of steps that people can begin this process on their own to understand, well, what do you mean when you say reverse engineer it, right? Like me as a coach, I get it. I know what that looks like. I know what it, you know, how that whole process looks, or at least my version of it. Mm-hmm. But what does, what does Anthony's catapulting commissions reverse engineering look like? Let's, let's dig into that a little. Yeah, no problem. I, we reverse engineer two components. I reverse engineer a revenue and then an activity. Uh, the reason I separate the two is it's really it. People tend to get this um, tunnel vision, like or but bad tunnel vision. I don't want to call it tunnel vision. Is good bad tunnel vision. Meaning, I need to commit. I need to sell a million dollars in revenue this year, and that's all they see. That's all they see. And then when you ask them, okay, well, what does that what does that mean per month? Oh, a million dollars. I don't. You know, let's do one point two for simple math. Not the best math. Right. Hundred thousand dollars a month. Right. I need to do hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. Okay, well, how much do you have to do every day? Well, I don't know. There's 30 days in the month. And so when you start, people reverse engineer the revenue. I go really deep. I'm like, look, there's 252 working days, Monday through Friday in the year. Did you account Mm -hmm. for that in your reverse engineer activity? No. There are six federal holidays. Are you working those days? No. Did you account for that? No. Are you taking a vacation? Yeah. Did you account for adversity? What? Adversity. Yeah. Sick days. Cars late. Something happens, catastrophic event, which seem to be more and more common nowadays, but it can happen. <laughs> True. <laughs> so let's let's take your 252 days and let's let's condense that down even further. Let's go 220. Right. What is it going to take for you to reverse engineers in 220 days? How much revenue do you need to do every day? So once we identify what the daily goal is, mm-hmm. right? We can even break it down by hour, by call, by visit, how 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 small it needs to go. And the question is often asked is, well, how, how much do I reverse engineer? I'm like, this is something you're not afraid of. So if, if you look at it and you're like, hey, I need to produce $2,500 a day and that scares you, well, then you need to produce $1,250 within the next four hours. If that scares you, then you need to re- produce $300 before 10 a.m. I mean, you just keep going until the number no longer scares you. You do the same thing with the activity. The caveat with the activity portion is you have to understand what your sales metrics are. Um, and if you're not tracking your sales stats, I mean, that, that can be a whole, a whole nother conversation. But I want to know how many people have you spoken to? And you, the purest form, and, and I feel like I'm an old school sales guy for saying this, but it's true. How many phone calls did I make? How many people did I speak to? How many appointments did I set? How many conversions did I get? That's like the basics of, of it. But now we add it for a digital age. How many emails did I send out? How many social media posts did I put? How many people's content did I start? I mean, I think we even started, you know, before we recorded, you know, I'm, I'm reverse engineering my activity for a, a program that I'm, that I'm launching down the road. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to send 50 contacts every day and I'm going to record it. And I don't know what my sales stats are in that category, but I won't know unless I start. So you reverse engineer the activity. And once you have the activity and the revenue, now you have a clear plan on which step to go on how to focus. And more importantly, when is it time to pivot? Oh, love that information, guys. <laughs> go back, rewind this about three, five minutes. Go back, listen to this part over and over and over again. I, I have to say, I, I have two big takeaways from that reverse engineering process. First of all, reverse engineer it until it's a number that doesn't scare you right? Something that seems doable. I love that tip. That is awesome. Secondly, the other thing that jumped out at me was the activity, the phone call, the dreaded, dreaded phone call. And I say that in which it it makes me laugh that people are freaked out about phone calls because frankly, let's face it, how many people actually answer their phone nowadays? (laughs) (laughs) Not very many, right? If you're not expecting a call, 
So, you know, in the, in the sales world, in the, in the B2B sales world, which is where you live, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So uh, my people are in the direct sales world, meaning they're, they're B2C, right? They're, they're direct calling Mm -hmm. consumers. So, you know, what are some of the things we can learn from a, a B2B sales phone script, phone conversation, or even just a mindset shift into actually picking up that phone that feels like it weighs 500 pounds the first time you do it, (laughs) even though it's the same phone you can pick up to text and use social media with. What are some phone tips that you maybe have in helping people begin to make that an activity that they are willing and ready to do? Yeah. Two things. One, make it a game. Two, expect the no. And here's why. One, if you make it a game, and you're just saying, look, I need to make 50 phone calls a day. It's, it's, it's just a game. I mean, here's the simplest. Again, I'm going to go old school on you. But I, I remember having an Excel sheet that I created. And I just put the numbers 1 through 50. And every phone call I would make, I just cross off 1, cross off 2, cross off 3, cross off 4. And I was like, okay. And you, know, and you have to have an account. I mean, you don't have to. But when you have an accountability, buddy, somebody who's doing the same thing, it makes it a little bit easier. It's more of a fun game to who can get to 50 first, right? So that's that's simple. Make the make it a game. But when I tell people to expect a no on the phone call, there are ob- many people are like, dude, that's that's negative thinking. Like, why would you say that? Well, I'm not telling you because I don't want you to get a yes. We all love yeses. I mean, of course, someone calls us and says, hey, I want to buy your stuff. You're going to sell it. But the amount of no's you need to get before you get a yes is so high depending on whose stats you're looking at it's five notes to a yes seven notes to a yes eight notes to a yes i mean there's so many there's let's just say it's between five and eight notes before you get a yes i consider a phone call a no and you know it's okay i've i've tried you five times i got five no's on the phone eventually you're going to answer this phone call and then if you really want to get and i don't want to get into the mathematical statistics of sales but if that first contact, I have a meaningful, a meaningful uh, conversation with you on the phone, th- for someone to purchase a product from you or purchase a service from you, they want to familiar, they want to be comfortable with you, they want to build trust with you. That's your first trust opportunity, a great conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this, Jenny, and I don't know how you feel, but when someone tries to sell me on the phone, if they're good on the phone, I'm like, I want to buy just because you're good on the phone. Like, man, you're, you're good for sport. If you're bad on the phone, I can't wait to get off. I'm like, oh, dude, you're the, this is the worst pitch ever. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the old movie Boiler Room where, you know, where the guy calls him in Boiler Room and is like, dude, is that your pitch? He's like, no, we're going to start this all over. Like, so you have to have fun with it. You have to anticipate the nose with it. Um, at the end of the day, it's just a phone call. And honestly, it is, if you look at it, is this my first opportunity to build trust? And you realize that the phone is not the end. It's the beginning of the sales process. It doesn't have to end there. You're just starting a relationship. I mean, so much so that if someone tells you, no, call me three months from now, dude, you just kickstart the relationship. You just punted it down for three months. We'll pick it up down there. But you don't know that until you pick up the phone and make those phone calls. Oh my gosh. I love that. So it's, it's super, super true because with that phone conversation, if you're going into it every single time with a pitch, you know, especially in a B2C world, you know, if you're going into it with a pitch every single time, people are going to stop taking your calls, right? There's got to be some relationship building in there. And I think you mentioned that, you know, that that first call has got to be getting to know you. You've got to be engaging on the phone. And part of what makes people engaging is being 
interested, right? So how do you incorporate those kinds of relationship building processes into phone calls, into the sales process? Yeah, well, I think the we should clarify those phone calls. There's two types of phone calls. There's cold, unsolicited phone calls where it's a true, the definition of cold call came from, I'm going to pick up the phone. I don't know you. I'm going to call you and try to sell you something, right? That That is a low conversion rate, high frustration rate. Like it just, it is no matter who, no matter how talented the person is, it's a, it, it, I'll put it to you this way. I don't make cold calls right now like that mm-hmm. because, and I don't think you do as well. And it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm a bad salesperson. It's just low conversion rate, high frustration rate. But those cold calls within that sphere of influence, people, you know, people that you've been referred to those warm leads. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That it's, it's literally take an opportunity to get to know somebody. And when you get to know somebody and you make a phone call, the conversation goes so much further. Here's how you get to know somebody. It's the beautiful thing of 2021. Social media exists. You can know what your prospect is doing before you even pick up the phone to call them. You can know who their sports teams are. You can know what their kids are doing. You can know what nonprofits they support. You can know what church they go to. You can know their work history. I mean, if they're active on social media and they're like a, a, a blogger or they're showing their video, you can know where they're at that day. Having that information will help build trust in your conversation. Now, you don't call somebody you know, who's a lukewarm referral. Like, hey, man, I see you're in my side of town. Like, do you want to grab coffee? little weird but i do know <laughs> i do know that if i saw that and you were a warm lead and i got you on the phone i'd be like jenny how's it going great i know we've been trying to connect i'm terribly sorry let's say jenny just spent time at spencer's cafe because that's where she was having breakfast i'd be like jenny i'm terribly sorry i tried to call you the other morning however i got caught up i had a great breakfast at spencer's have you ever been there <laughs> yeah. right it's it's not it's i mean it's it's not it's not ninja work it's just finding a common ground to mm-hmm. build that relationship on the phone. And, and I say this and you know, I don't, I don't want to give too much on the phone, but I promise you the best salespeople on the phone, that's what they're doing. And if you don't think they're doing, I promise you, and I won't go down the world of, of e- e-marketing because that's exactly what e-marketing is. I mean, all the pixels, Facebook pixels, Google ads, everything. They are literally finding a common ground to getting in front of you. We can do that in the sales world. And matter of fact, when you do it in the sales world, it's a little bit more authentic and a little bit more genuine. Mm. So super good. (laughs) So, so let's, let's dive into another area because one of the things that you are also key at working at is helping people get the most out of their sales force. So managing a team of people. Now it's one thing in the B2B world where they are your employee, right? But Mm -hmm. anything that's going to work in the B2B world, as long as you're outside of the positional leadership, like you're going to do it because I told you to, true leadership is going to be effective, very effective, more so in the B2C direct sales network marketing world, which you're very familiar with because of your Mm -hmm. experience, right? So what suggestions would you give to somebody in managing a team, a direct sales team, a network marketing team, uh, in order to help get the most out of them? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And, and I love how you, you set the framework, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's 1099 commission only roles, right? And then B2B, typically there's some sort of salary and there's some commission going with it. I would say this, what I'm going to talk about applies on both ends. It doesn't apply to the entry level B2B guy because I, I just had a great dialogue uh, actually uh, two months ago on a podcast and the challenge was similar to what we're sharing here, but it was how do you get the most out of 
high performing sales professionals, guys who are making 500, 600, $700,000 a year. Cause I, I promise you, I, I know, I know them. Some of them are my friends. The hundred thousand dollars salary means nothing, right? It's, it's the same exact principles. Mm-hmm. And so what, so I want to set the preference by that to get the most out of your sales team. You have to realize one thing, what your opportunity is, whether my opportunity is selling Mary Kay, Kirby vacuums, Cutco. Um, I mean, I can, I can go on a list of direct sales or selling software such as Oracle salesforce.com or, or selling almonds. I mean, I live in the central Valley of California. I know almond sales reps who make seven figures, whatever it is, it's just a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Once you as a sales leader, as a manager realizes this is a vehicle, what's the destination? So to get the most out of somebody is to help them get to the destination using the vehicle you have. And we always want to be like, the money is not the destination. And that's where people make a mistake. It's like, hey, even even so much so now, every now and then I get an occasional, not every now and then, I often get pitched in my inbox, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, on some opportunity. Hey, how much, how would, how could you benefit from an extra thousand dollars, five thousand dollars a month? I, that's great. But the money's not money's not the vehicle, right? That is for that type of relationship. If you work with me and I'm responsible for helping you get there, Jenny, it's a simple conversation. Let's manage you to your dreams. Tell me what, you know, let's talk about what you want to get out of your life. And once you realize that, you just use the vehicle. And sometimes that vehicle has to make a pivot. Sometimes it has to make a change in direction. But as long as you're always together in the vehicle, you'll grow. So I'm a big believer and getting somebody what they want out of their life, get them to their destination using the vehicle you have. I'll give you an example. True story. I've worked with some really high-performing, highly compensated sales professionals. What's your destination? You know, can I retire a few years earlier? I'd love to pay for my kid's college without having to dip into savings. Great. I'll tell you what, man. Let's talk a little bit about it. Let's gain some understanding. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to connect you with a different financial advisor, not because I want to sell you something different, but someone we're going to pay for their hour of their time just so you can get a second opinion on your portfolio. Would that be impactful to you? Yeah, it would. Great. Let's take that. Now, I had nothing to do with the sales portion, but that person sees, hey, Anthony, my manager, he cares about me. He wants to see me succeed. And you know what? I want to stay around that person. I'm going to continue to work for that person. Specifically, if you're, if you're managing a team in direct sales, now I don't know the number for direct sales specifically, but I do remember it's sometimes of a high turnover industry. It can, it can cause high turnover. You want to eliminate that? Show someone how to get the most out of their life. Sometimes it's going to be selling more of your products or widgets. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit of personal development, but it's always going to be on the relationship. It's always the relationship and where we go wrong as sales leaders, we think the relationship's driven on money and it's not. Right. Exactly. That's, that's often what gets people to start the business. It's not what keeps people in the business, right? You know, one of the things I regularly am telling my clients is when I ask the question, what motivates you? And they try, you know, they try and give me the answer. Well, money motivates me. I'm like, really? Cause to me, money is a piece of paper or a number on my digital bank statement on my phone. That's what money is right now. The important thing is what does the money do for you, right? Which are those things like you said, Anthony, you know, I want to retire early. I want to pay for my kids college. I want to, you know, I want to be able to do all things without 
pulling that out. I want to pay for my, in, in mom's cases, many times it's the, I want to pay for a vacation for our family that doesn't come out of my husband's salary or, you know, any of those kinds of things. So getting to that motivation is really important. Um, and then helping them get there as a leader. So I think, yes, that's, a, that's exactly it. Cause you've, you've been in that position before. So you've obviously showed, showed that out. So I think that's phenomenal moving, continuing to go forward with this. So, so you mentioned turnover, right? Um, so you, you provided me a little bit of information here. You were like, according to the U S labor board, labor board, 34% of sales professionals turn over within their first two years. Well, the numbers for direct sales is 90% in five years. It's wow. insanely high, right? So, you know, about 10% of people are still in the business after their first five years. So what can uh, an individual do to be able to increase their chances of success and making it into that 10% and then eventually to their top 1%? Yeah, I would say this. It's specifically with direct sales. You're commission only. It's the equivalent, with all honesty, you talked about money is just a, a number on a, on, a, on, a, on a bank statement, number just mm -hmm. on a ticker, right? If anybody's into stocks, I'm into stocks. It's just a number on my brokerage account. If I sell my stocks, if I get rid of my financial investments too early, I lose. If you quit your direct sales process too early, you lose. If you're in that position, like, okay, I need to get to a certain point. I need to get there. I, I, I want to be part of this 10%. You have to realize something. Set the expectations clearly up front. What's my expectation year one? What's my expectation year two? And I'm going to steal a Tony Robbins quote because I think it's appropriate. People will often overestimate what they can do in one year, but they're going to underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And when it comes into the world of direct sales, the reason I would see people leaving direct sales, and I remember managing people, I would always say, like, what, what were your expectations here, right? If, and, I, and, and we do a good job. I got to be honest with you. I've been in direct sales. We do a good job at highlighting that 1%. This is what's possible. This is the opportunity that's there. And I love that because it shows what's possible, which is why I'm a big fan. Well, let's see the journey. Let's talk through the journey. So to get somebody, if you're a manager and you want to have somebody stay there, or if you're a sales rep and you want to get through there, set clear expectations along the way. Two, chop wood, carry water. And it's a really old analogy heard from a sales manager many years ago, right? I look back, if I was, and, I, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a large broad shoulder male, if I was alive 100 years ago and I, was, and I was living with my family and we were out on a farm or living somewhere and I had one job to do, it would be to chop wood and carry water. Chop the wood, bring it down, carry water from the well, repeat the process over and over again. Because without the wood, we would, we'd, we'd freeze and die. Without the water, we would die. So I just had to put the reps in. Do it in the same thing in your business. Chop wood, carry water, put the reps in. Show up every week, do the same amount of calls, same amount of scheduled calls, because sometimes you want to do more, sometimes you want to do less. As long as it's scheduled in advance, I'm all for that. But if you start to chop wood, carry water, and you put the reps in, eventually you create a sustainable ecosystem. That is what keeps you from year one to year 10 in direct sales, year 10 to year 20. There is growth that can happen. We just stop putting the reps in. Ah, oh, I love it. Interestingly enough, that's literally the second time I've heard somebody quote that today. So the universe is trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know what it is, but it's trying to tell me something with that. So I, I think you're absolutely right. People overestimate what they're, they're like, I'm going to get to company vice president in my first year. And it's like, you realize there's like eight promotions <laughs> between where mm-hmm. you are and where that is, right? Like, that's a lot of work. Are you currently working another job at the same time? And, and I think you're absolutely right. Then in conversely, when it comes to a five-year or 10-year projection, we way underestimate um, what we can get done in that amount of time because it just, those numbers seem so big and so unattainable, right? So if we can be more realistic with our one year and then push that out for years five and 10 and moving forward, it is going to create a very sustainable thing because just like you're saying, when you put those reps in, when you're, you're doing, let's say 10 calls a day, right? Just 10, 10 phone calls a day, right? The first year that you do it, you're developing your conversational skills. You're developing those sales uh, questions that you're going to be asking of everybody, all of that, learning what to listen for, how to respond. But then in years two, three, four, five, when you do those 10 calls, your conversion rate increases exponentially, which is why with the same amount of work, you can get more results than you did in year one, right? I want to explain to people why that works, how that works, right? I mean, I think that that's a, it's a great time, Jenny, to say sales, direct sales, still one of the best professions in the world to be in commission still. I mean, my brand is called catapulting commissions. I have to be honest with you. I don't see myself doing anything other than sales for the rest of my life. And I hope I have another 38 years out in front of me. But the reason I share that is because of what you just said, my output gets better. It's not like you're going to get worse, right? Your, your phone calls, your skill set, you get better. Your results get better. And here's the beautiful thing about this entire sales industry. There is no ceiling. There isn't like, I mean, I, I share with you some really vulnerable numbers that, I, that I've shared that have started the journey. I don't share the name of one of my clients because I, you know, she's asked to keep a client, but mm-hmm. those numbers are real. There is no ceiling for people. You can get what you want out of this career. And if you're in a position, I mean, I had a conversation with someone yesterday who said a 1099 commission only sales reps, the best job, most recession proof job in the world. And I'm like, okay, I love it. Tell me why. And he shared with me his passion, his growth. I mean, he's working in, in highly commission-only software enterprise sales, had just closed a million-dollar contract a few hours before I got on the phone with him. But I was like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. There is no limit to what you can do. Yeah. And that right there is like you even brought up, you know, the, those one percenters are who we hold up as examples and role models. They started where you are, you know, that, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I, when I point that out to people, it's, you know, they, they were in their first year at some point too. And I bet you, I bet if you asked them, they sucked wind too. Right. So it's just a matter of, are you willing to stick with it long enough to, to hit that 1%? Cause they were not in the top 1% their first year, their first month, their first week, you know, it, they really weren't. So you know, I think it's just a great, um, great way to help point that out to people. So Anthony, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your day. And I know that you have an offer of a free ebook. Is that correct? Tell us about I the do. ebook. Yeah. So here's the beautiful thing. The ebook is catapulting commissions, the <gasps> same book that's endorsed by Selling power magazine. I'm gonna get you a copy of it for free. It's super simple. Now I'm going to give you and, and pardon me here, I'm, I'm making sure I don't butcher my numbers because I was just on a show and I butchered the number. So I don't want to have to force us to go back and edit it. So I'm going to give you a copy of the ebook. There's two ways to get down, download it. One, 
you can go to anthonypgarcia.com or catapultingcommissions.com. It'll give you straight directions to the book. Now, to truly just the quickest, simplest, purest way, and I love this, and I did this specifically for podcast guests, you need to text the word hello, just it, just hello to 661-228-8967, 661-228-8967. Text the word hello. You're immediately going to get an auto response from me. It's going to say, thank you for connecting with Anthony Garcia, blah, 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 blah. It's going to give you a link. You click the link right there. And it'll take you to the page to directly download the ebook free. I don't need your credit card information. I don't need you to buy anything. Some of my funnels, if you Google and you find the funnels, some of them are still maybe up where you you can put a you know put your credit card in. Don't do that. Just text the number, get it downloaded for free. And if you do download it for free and you get texted and you like it, text me some feedback. I love hearing your thoughts. I love hearing what's going on with it. I think that's amazing. So guys, uh you know, in case you didn't get that number, we've got it in the show notes. I promise you, or if you're watching this on the Badass Direct Sales Mastery TV channel, we've got it down below the video. Just look down a little bit further. I promise you it's down there. Look down there. Uh, we've got the, the phone number and the hello code, you know, just basically say hello to Anthony and you're going to get a free copy of the book sent directly to your phone, which we all know we've got our phone in the palm of our hands at all times. So Anthony, thank you again for being here and sharing this information, this knowledge with everybody. I think, you know, my, my BDSM crew is going to be very thankful for all of this information. Uh, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. No problem, Janie. I'm so humbled and excited to be here. I love what you're doing with the sales community. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. And BDSM crew, you guys know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.